Hey, this is Sayyam Bhutani and you're listening to Chai Time Data Science, a podcast for data science enthusiasts where I interview practitioners, researchers and calculators about their journey, experience and talk all things about data science. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Chai Time Data Science Show. In this episode, I interview Dr. Taryn Klanuwot, who's currently an assistant professor at the National Institute of Informatics in Japan. Taryn holds a PhD in Japanese literature and has followed, if I may, a traditional path in classical Japanese literature. She's been doing some amazing research around Japanese literature, including her work on Kuzu Shiji, which we talk all about in this interview. We talk all about her background, her journey in classical literature and her journey in machine learning and her current research, which is the intersection of both. We also discuss the Kaggle competition that she had hosted along with Anoka is also known as Mikkel in the real world. On Kaggle, he's of course a robot AGI. To know more about Mikkel, you can check out my interview with him, which I was fortunate enough to do for the second time on the series. You can find the link in the description. In this interview, we talk about classical literature, machine learning, the importance of her research, and Kaggle. Without further ado, Here's the conversation. Please enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. I'm on the call with Dr. Taryn Klonovot. Thank you so much, Taryn, for joining me on the Chai Time Data Science Podcast. Yeah, yeah. thank you so much for uh, having me here, too. Yeah. Uh, we'll, so I, I want to talk about your background, but again, there are two themes here, which include literature and machine learning. I'll talk about literature first. Uh, you hold a PhD in Japanese literature and you followed, a, if I may, traditional research path in this field. Uh, why was mm-hmm. literature important to you? Why did you follow this path? Yeah, I think the important part about like uh, following the traditional research path is that it gives me like a con- concrete knowledge about like uh, what uh, the end result that I want from the machine learning model that I'm building. So it's like uh, I can I know how to set the direction of my research, and I also experience everything firsthand. So I know like uh, what humanity researcher would want from a machine learning model. So it's it's no longer a black box for you, if I may. <laughs> black box? No, no. I mean, like, uh, it's still a black box. I mean, like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know inside the model, but still, it's like, uh, I mean, I just set the direction, like, uh, what we want as the end, like, the, the picture. That picture is very important, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does your research give you any intuition? Like, is, do you find it helpful in that sense uh, while you're debugging the models, for example, if, if it doesn't mm-hmm. give the right outputs? Yeah, actually, it is. It helped me a lot when I uh, evaluate my model. Like, uh, when I see, I don't only look at the number, like uh, what accuracy it is. I don't always look like uh, what model is um, 
doing well or doing bad in some type of a characters or something like that. So it actually helps a lot. Okay. <laughs> and uh, you've studied classical literature. <laughs> Many people try and focus on upcoming ideas, latest cutting edge ideas. Why did you decide to go towards the historical ones? Yeah, I actually I like the um, classical Japanese literature because uh, when I read something that people wrote maybe like a thousand years ago, it's so um, interesting that I still can apply what they were thinking to my life today. So um, yeah, that's why I chose to um, study classical literature. And I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's not about like a focus on historical stuff or like the newest or latest idea, but I just uh, uh, work on what matter to me the most. And in this case, it's just a classical literature. Okay. And I, I believe not many people mm -hmm. are working on, on this specific domain. Can you tell us more about that? Mm -hmm. I think you are one of the few people that can, I think, read the traditional scripts. Uh, yeah, I mean, you mean like uh, to read read the uh, the script or like the the kusu CG, I think. Uh, <laughs> sorry, kusu CG yeah, scripts. Yeah, kusu yeah. uh -huh. yeah, CG. Actually, kusu CG is um for me it was very hard to start to learn to read, and but I think I definitely need it in my research. So I try to, <clears throat> yeah learn as much as possible but um, at the end the task becomes super like a uh, uh, repetitive so I just decided maybe just maybe um, machine can do this task as well okay. yeah so that's why yeah I start um, to um, interested in this research you automated yourself <laughs> in a way <laughs> hmm? you decided to automate yourself in a way yeah, because I'm too lazy to work everything on manually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you tell us more about your machine learning journey? How did machine learning start to come into the picture? And when did you decide to, okay, uh, I'm going to use yeah. machine learning now? <laughs> yeah, because um, as, I, yeah, as I said before, like um, this task is super tedious and super repetitive. Like, uh, you know, someone told me on Twitter that if you repeat yourself three times, you can write a code. <laughs> <laughs> to yes. do that but yeah this is more way 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 more than three times and yeah so i just <clears throat> i don't know i mean like uh when i working on the um, historical document what we do is that i transcribe everything by hand manually and then when we search to like a big pile of book it's really really hard unless you can like uh, do the text search but <laughs> um in the real world, we only have like the, uh, the image data that uh, we cannot search or we cannot do anything. We just have to look at it just one by one, mm -hmm. right? So I just think that uh, if like I have a magic that I can like transcribe <laughs> everything and then I can search in the text, it will make my research like maybe 1000 times faster. And that's the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but wh yeah. why do you, uh, let's, uh, zooming out a bit, why do you even need to transcribe it? Uh, aren't these documents available? Uh, hasn't someone already digitalized mm -hmm. them? Well, the thing is about like Kusuji uh, in Japan, there are so many books out there that haven't been transcribed. I mean, like people transcribe what um, they're interested to, like a researcher, like, uh, like, um, specific like people they for example they're interested in this book so um, they transcribe this book but then there are so many things that it doesn't like uh, um, 
get in, um, people to be interested enough to put all the effort and time to transcribe it. Okay. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I think, so, yeah, machine would be great for that kind of document. Okay. Now coming to machine learning, uh, as I said, you, you studied classical literature. Did you also take a programming courses or any machine learning courses? Or how did you went go about learning machine learning? Well, um, about programming though, uh, I, yeah, I have PhD in um, Japanese classical literature, but actually I started um, programming since I was, I think, 11. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I started I started very very young, but yeah, I didn't go to study computer science. But um, yeah, I have that kind of background. So when I look at the, my um, literature research, I that's why I come up with the um, the idea that uh, try to use the machine to solve um, this problem. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> for machine learning, I just started in I think two thousand seventeen in September. Yeah, okay. so what I do is uh, I took like uh, a lot of courses online, like MOOC, Coursera, mm -hmm. something like that. I did uh, deep learning.ai and uh, yeah, machine learning. I did some Udemy, something okay. like that. But um, one thing that very different for me is that I actually went to um, like a deep learning lab in University of Tokyo. Okay. Yeah. So because because I just need GPU, I need to get like a that the deep learning environment. So uh, I apply for a program and uh, I got in. So that's why I went to be in that lab. And I'm sur I was surrounded by like uh, people who do deep learning. So when I have questions, I could just ask them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Now coming to your current research uh, what ideas mm -hmm. are you working on and uh, what what do you think is their relevance mm -hmm. for for the future uh, generations yeah um, my research is mainly focused on um, the text i mean um, the image that contain the text is called kusujiji script right mm -hmm. so in japan people have been um, using had been using kusujiji for over a thousand years until like uh, 1900 when um, there's a standardization of the Japanese language and they don't uh, include Kusujiji in school curriculum anymore. So that's why people, most people cannot read, um, like uh, most Japanese people cannot read books that were published, published like 150 years ago. So we have like about 1000 years amounts of book that nobody can read. Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. so yeah, something like that. So, um, so my research is there are a few goals that I want. The first, the most, um, I mean, like uh, the one that uh, we can probably do is uh, to transcribe this book uh, to um, modern Japanese characters so people can actually read it. And another thing that I want to do is I want to create a, the search engine. Like uh, I told you before, if I can search this thing, then yeah. uh, my research will be a lot faster. But um, the most important thing is that I want to make a classical literature be more accessible to anyone because um, you know, we have a lot of documents that uh, we want to preserve, but um, we cannot preserve like um, all of the um, researcher cannot preserve everything on their own because we are just a small group of people. We need to get like more attention from general public that uh, mm -hmm. they uh, appreciate uh, what we already have and uh, want to put the effort into like um, preserve this historical document. Yeah. Okay. 
sorry for the people who aren't aware of kusu siji could you please tell us more about uh, what it is yeah kusuji is like a cursive japanese script so uh, like uh, when you write um, like a chinese characters and, and you write it uh, quite quickly that's become kusuji basically that and okay. so it's like a cursive but um in japanese the um the way they can write a, char- a character there are so many ways like a uh, one hiragana character i'm not sure if you know japanese i do not i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah in japanese there's uh, um the characters called hiragana that's only take phonetics it's not like a kanji that's content meaning but okay. uh before um hiragana used to have so many way to write that's why uh in 1900 we call it standardization so uh there there were many way to write one character but uh, at the end they just want to choose i mean uh they just chose one character to represent one one character that we, are, we use today so if you don't know all the variation of the character you cannot read um yeah so that's uh, the hard part about uh kusuichi i think and normally okay. you know like is hand written characters like uh, even you know english when you read like a uh, old uh, text that is hand written in cursive english is so hard to read right yes yeah mm-hmm. okay. so it's uh, very similar to that yeah. and um talking about machine learning how do you think machine learning could be helpful here and how do you envision it to be able to solve the complete problem yeah actually i mean like uh, in my project machine learning already help so much that i cannot ask for from anywhere else because <laughs> yeah machine learning you know like a uh, kusuichi is handwritten characters and there are so many way to write people write a uh, character differently so if we use like computer vision like a uh, traditional computer vision i don't think we will able to achieve uh, this result but yeah machine learning is like the model can learn can get the feature from each characters and um, Yeah that's why uh we are getting a lot closer to what is useful in the real world and okay. yeah i'm sure that yeah machine learning will get even better like every year and the result will be a lot better but the thing is i mean machine learning helps but uh right now what i want to focus is uh the model and also the data that mm-hmm. uh we get because uh, the training data we need to label everything and that's uh need like um expert uh, annotation okay. and uh, i'm thinking about uh, how i can use machine learning to gather more um label data so the model can get even better over time okay can can you tell us more about the process you just mentioned uh, which i think many people will miss that you first need to even scan these scripts to be able to apply yeah. machine learning so what all other steps uh, do people even not think about yeah actually i'm uh, quite uh, lucky when i started this project i already have the kusuji dataset so the kusuji dataset uh, was created by the national institute of japanese literature they have like uh, one each character that like a whole page image and then they have the uh unicode and also like a uh, xy coordinate the bounding box of each characters so uh when we build the uh, mach- machine learning model we just uh, use something like uh, object detection so we have one page and then we just use object detection like how what characters in this page and then we get the transcribed from the model like that so uh I didn't create the dataset so it's already there I just okay. like <laughs> yeah I built the model okay. but yeah we we um 
scan. Actually, I didn't even scan the book. I mean, like uh, people, like every uh, museum and library, they try to preserve everything. And the best way for them is to take the picture or scan those books, mm -hmm. right? And then yep. we end up like, like billions of images that um, <laughs> no one actually know what it is. So we have to like uh, look at it one by one. But uh, if we use machine learning model to like go through like millions of images, and then we just know roughly like uh, what book this belong to or something mm -hmm. like that, it would be a lot easier to categorize and manage all of this data. Okay. Hmm. And uh, you, you just mentioned that we can use machine learning to transcribe these, uh, to put things into perspective. If we were to manually go ahead and do this, what timeline efforts or resources would it take? What do you think about that? <laughs> well, it would take about maybe, um, I, you know, like the number of the text is like a billion, a few okay. billion. Okay. That kind of number in Japan, they still survive like uh, everywhere. So I cannot estimate like how much time or effort that people have to put to like a use um, human to do this. When I um, asked my collaborator, Alex Lam, to work mm -hmm. with me, he's from Mila. And the first thing he asked me, how many books that you have? Do we really <laughs> need machine learning to do this? something like that. And I said, yes, we have a lot of books. We had a lot of emails. That <laughs> we really need machine learning to do this. And I think that's one thing that uh, you should consider when you want to start doing uh, like a machine learning project. Do you think that um, the data that you have is like uh, enough to use machine to do this? Or you, if it's easier to just hire someone to do it. If it's easier to hire someone and it uh, can be done in like a short time frame, you should just do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Now, you also ended up hosting a competition, I think, which uh, you did mention a paper. I think that'll come out really soon. So if it's out by the time, I'll have it linked in the description of this podcast. But can you tell us more about uh, ho the hosting competition on Kaggle? What parts were you involved in? And if you could mention what uh, interesting results came out of the competition. Yeah, the competition, um, actually our competition was very successful that uh, when I talked to like uh, Kako uh, people from, uh, on the Kako days, yeah, that's what they said. So uh, successful competition for us, is mean like we can start the competition and it's go to the end without the problems and we get relative <laughs> good model, right? Okay. So, you know, like uh, I, I also participate in Kako a little bit before I um, host this uh, competition. So uh, I didn't think much when I participated in this. I just, okay, I have the data and then I just try to do something about it, submit and then let's see the leaderboard, something like that. <laughs> but then when you become like at the competition host, there are so many things that you have to consider. Yeah. Like uh, if you look from outside, maybe you just think that, oh, you have the data, you have your, the end result that you want and then you can start the competition. It's exactly. not as simple as that. Yeah, you have to think like what actually the end result that you want from the competition, what evaluation metrics that is good for the competition. Because uh, one thing that I always tell people is that what the host want from competition is different from what the participant want from the competition. Do you yeah. know that? Yeah, because what the host want is that they want the model that solves the problem. What the participants want is the highest score. 
<laughs> right? Yes. So, um, if you don't like try to scope the competition well enough, then people will just do anything just to get a high score. And at the end, the model will be useful or not is we, you don't know. Yeah. And another thing that, yeah, I know from the competition is that no matter how well we think that we uh, prepare everything, something will happen after you <laughs> launch the competition. <laughs> yeah, because um, you never know, like, uh, when you have the data, when you have, like, the metrics, until, like, hundreds of people work on it, you don't know where the hole is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's the thing that uh, about the competition is very, very different from being just a participant. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, now, uh, <laughs> coming to the research that you've already published uh, with the robot AGI, also known as Anoka's in human world, he's known as Michael Buber, but And uh, you also collaborated with David Ha and Alex Lim. Can you tell us more about the uh, published research? And uh, I think you published some architectures. How are these different from for example, resonates or something that we commonly are familiar with? Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, I work with, I'm, I'm so, 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 so lucky to be able to work with this like um, super expert machine learning researcher like uh, David Ha or Anna Cass Mikkel or um, Alex Lam, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, the paper that we published, uh, I published David Ha is uh, Deep Learning for Classical Japanese Literature. That's when uh, we introduced the data set is a Kusujiji MNIST. So it's like an alternative version of the MNIST data set that uh, people can use. And uh, we try to uh, introduce more like creativity project that uh, we can do with um, the data set in the Japanese culture. You know, um, last I think last year, in the end of last year, I talked to like a lot of professors from like museum and library in Japan. What mm-hmm. they told me is that they are very, very good at creating the data, but they don't know how to use those data. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like uh, they keep taking picture of the books. They keep like uh, adding the metadata, like uh, information of the data, and they just put everything in maybe CSV or something. And <laughs> at the end, they end up with a lot of data. They have been collecting data for like so many decades, <laughs> and then they just don't know what to do with it. Um, they just give the data to us and then ask, uh, "Can you do something about this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's why, uh, yeah, we have uh, a lot of data to introduce. And yeah, that's uh, that's why one one paper that we have is uh, is the KMNIST, Kusiji MNIST dataset. And mm-hmm. other paper uh, that uh, I wrote is um, about uh, Kusiji transcription. So it's like Kuronet, the model, the system that uh, we use to uh, transcribe it. So is so it's not actually dif- that different from like um, other uh, optic detection model. So it's like uh, object detection is not like a classification, but uh, we use the um, the model, I mean, the architecture that uh, they already have, but we just change a little bit. Like for example, uh, before like uh, we use Adam optimizer, but right now we just uh, change this uh, stochastic gradient descent and we just found it um, got a little bit better. 
something mm -hmm. like that. And we do like a lot of uh, data augmentation. So what I do is not like uh, focusing on building the architecture, but uh, to try to use what uh, we already have and then use maybe something like uh, that data augmentation or something like that to make uh, the results get the, um, the best result out of it. Yeah. So, okay. uh, yeah, it's not like a ResNet or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Usually, uh, whenever anyone thinks of anything related to computers, it's about model dot whatever model comes net. Usually, it's ResNets. Uh, but coming to yeah. someone from community who, some an outsider who's maybe not worked in Japanese literature before, how can they contribute to your research? How can they help your research? Yeah. Yeah, one thing, you know, like uh, talking about the com community contribute to my research. Uh, one thing that um, one community that definitely contribute to my research is CACO community, right? <laughs> yeah. that we just have the um, that uh, competition. You know, one thing that uh, even though like uh, we build a Kuronet, the system is quite good enough to do the transcription, but then uh, the resource that we have, I mean, like the uh, human resource and the time and something like that, we can only test like just a few algorithm that if it works or not. But then when we host a competition, like hundreds of people work on the same problem, same data yeah. set in the same setup, and then they try all kind of the algorithm for us. Like, okay, did you try Sentonet? Did you try a cascade as in, and did you try to like uh, separate the model into two states, like classification, detections, like that. They did everything and they, they put on the uh, discussion for us. And mm -hmm. that's very, very generous. Uh, every time I read it, oh my God, I was thinking like, oh, thank you for trying this for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's how um, like uh, all the idea come from the community that uh, we can use to uh, like improve the model. Yeah, but mm -hmm. uh, for anyone outside of Kaggle who's maybe listening to this podcast mm -hmm. and wants mm -hmm. to contribute, should they also go back look at the competition, or uh, do you suggest yeah. there's any other place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the data set and everything, like uh, all the same metrics, and the, the uh, is already on the Kaggle website. So uh, even though it's like a late submission, right? Yeah. People can just go and then they can just download it and they can try it and they can see, compare the score with other people. And I think this is uh, very important in the future research. Yeah, so for example, I think after we do a Kako Kusiriji competition, one thing that I really, I, I know is that um, Kusiriji research is actually a very good example for uh, object detection research. Yeah. yeah, even though it's like a, it's the text, um, like a transcription, but, uh, you know, like in one page, there are so many kinds of characters, it looks almost the same. And there are so many classes, like uh, you have to be able to transcribe like 4,000 classes to be able to transcribe this um, Kusushichi. So it's very interesting, like uh, to put off that uh, resource to be a really good, uh, like uh, object detection model of that. Okay. And uh, what expertise do you think uh, one would need to be able to even produce good results? Do they need a PhD or like Michael, can they just have, uh, just be school students and even contribute to it? I cannot tell you how much Mikhail contributes to our research. <laughs> <laughs> I just asked him to do anything and then he's just like a, like a magic. He says, okay, this, this work, this doesn't work, something like that. So <laughs> I... 
It's when you ask me if you need a PhD to do that, I always think that, okay, Mikhail doesn't have PhD, and yeah, he is just, <laughs> he is just a first-year bachelor degree. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I, I've yeah, interviewed so, him twice, but I'm not still sure if it's a robot AGI or not. I'm sure that he is a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery solved. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Maybe, partly, I don't think he's human. But anyway, yeah, so... <laughs> I mean, like, uh, because I work with so uh, many uh, researchers who is my collaborator, some of them have PhD, some of them are grad school, some of them don't have PhD, and some of them are like Mikhail, he's just like a first year um, bachelor degree. So I think yeah. um, the expertise, if you want to do like uh, research in the machine learning architecture, like algorithm, or even think about something more abstract, in the theory, I think maybe that's where you need the PhD. But if you want to uh, apply machine learning to like uh, any project that you have, you want to try to do it, I think um, you can just uh, start anywhere, even in the high school or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, coming to your research, what's next for your research? And when will you call this problem, quote unquote, solved? Yeah, the word solve is really, really hard. I mean, like... Uh, <laughs> How do you define if a problem is solved? Like, for example, in the cancer detection, something like that, can, uh, even though we get super high score in um, the data set, do you think that the problem is solved? Because mm -hmm. um, it's it solved inside the data set. So this is also true with the Kusuichi, is that even though we get like 99% um, accuracy, mm -hmm. still inside the data set scope. But uh, in the real world, <clears throat> there are so many things like uh, outside the data set. So what I think is not um, trying to get the SOTA of a model. Of course, SOTA is important, but uh, what I think is more important is that how can we use the model that we have to get beyond the data set, like uh, yeah. to go the outside and to make everything more generalized with the um, the model. Mm -hmm. <coughs> yeah, some something like that. So. Okay. I wouldn't know it's solved, but yeah, the next step is uh, to expand what the model can do. Okay. I, I believe this will also lead, as you said, uh, contributing to object detection research or even networks outside of Japanese literature. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, th I think so. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. um, I think to use uh, object detection for, uh, for character recognition is not very um, popular yet, but because uh, we the um, the hardware is getting so much better, and I think this gives like a lot a lot of possibility. It's not only uh, Japanese; actually, it can apply to other languages too if uh, they have a data set that they can train on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something like that. So I think uh, maybe um, I'm not sure if it will. Uh, like contribute directly to like uh, object detection research, but I'm sure that it will contribute uh, to other character recognition in other languages too. Yeah. yeah. Now my final mm -hmm. technical question, I have a few more for you, but uh, before we conclude the technical section, what best advice do you have for someone just starting their machine learning journey? Yeah, the machine learning journey, right? I, actually, I got these questions a lot because I just started um, just a few years ago, right? Yeah. And they always ask me, uh, where should I start? I don't know where to start, something like that. And my advice is that just start somewhere. 
I mean, the start. <laughs> you don't have to know where you 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 should start. If you like, uh, if you want to do it, just start. Like even start looking for information. Start uh, reading a books or starting uh, trying to code something. That yep. means uh, you already start, and then you will know <clears throat> by yourself what is the next step that uh, you should do. But mm-hmm. yeah, the best as well is probably just start doing it. Awesome. Yeah. Now I follow follow you on Twitter, which I'll again have linked in the description. But these questions come from that. Uh, what would be your favorite anime cartoon or anime character? <laughs> you know, there's one um, Japanese game. It's called Token Rambu. I I don't think you know it. And I do not. Hmm? I do not know do of it. Sorry. Yeah, it's like a, the characters of a, like a guy who like. Um, it's a lot of guy. I mean, like there is no woman in this anime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, I I really like um two dimension guys and yeah the the anime that I really like is Token Rambu and the character is called uh, Hisamaru. He's uh, like a sword. Okay. He's a lot characters. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I really like. It's super um limited to Japan. This anime okay. and yeah. <clears throat> But um, yeah, now I just um, I just watch anything that yeah other people watch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, next one would be what would be your favorite uh, chai and uh, favorite meal? Um, does it have to be tea? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think yeah, you said that yeah um yeah chai time it is like tea right yeah but my favorite thing is coffee. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'll I'll have to edit that portion out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I really like coffee and um yeah I drink coffee every day and for the food and yakiniku do you know like a grilled beef in Japan? I yeah, I'm not like, aware of it. Okay. Yeah, I like beef. I like meat. Something like that. So yeah, that's a uh, normally I like Japanese food. Okay, last one. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be your favorite game? I think you. Recently got a Nintendo, or I think you mentioned about your Nintendo recently. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, you have been following my Twitter for a long time. You know that I have been talking about buying a Nintendo Switch phone maybe <laughs> like half a year before I actually do it. It's not because I don't want to do it. I mean, like, uh, I, I'm not sure if I will have time to play after uh, I bought it, but the best game that I play so far is a Fire Emblem on the Nintendo Switch, the Fire Emblem Treehouse. Okay. Yeah. Okay, That's a awesome. game. I, I, I always like an RPG game. RPG or turn-based or strategy game. Okay. Now, uh, before we end the call, what would be the best platforms to follow your work? I'll have your Twitter handle and LinkedIn profile linked in the description. Any other platforms that you'd like to mention? Yeah, uh, well, just my Twitter, I think I tweet every five minutes. So I think it's enough <laughs> to know everything about my life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the first question is, yeah, Twitter. <laughs> okay, awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Tarin, for joining me on the podcast. And thank you so much for all of your contributions to this mm-hmm. field and Japanese literature. Thank you so much for having me here too. It's really nice to yeah have a talk with you. Thank you. Thank you.
थैंक यू सो मच फॉर लिसनिंग टू दिस एपिसोड इफ़ यू एन्जॉय द शो प्लीज़ बी श्योर टू गिव इट अ रिव्यू और फील फ्री टू शूट मी अ मैसेज यू कैन फाइंड ऑल ऑफ द सोशल मीडिया लिंक्स इन द डिस्क्रिप्शन इफ़ यू लाइक द शो प्लीज़ सब्सक्राइब एंड ट्यून इन ईच वीक टू चाई टाइम डेटा साइंस